0: The Tanya of Rabbi Schneer Zalman of Liadi. Taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky. Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg. On page
1: 175, in the middle of chapter 10, and he basically explains in this chapter... He's writing a letter to the Hasidim. This is a fundraising letter. It's with a lot of depth and a lot of explanation of the mitzvah of tzedakah. And he's writing to his Hasidim. Basically, this was, it was a desperate situation. The Jews living in Israel had no income. And Al-Tarebi is basically addressing his Hasidim, although I just asked you to give, and here I am asking you to give again. And you've exhausted your resources. It was a poor community, Eastern Europe, you know. But nevertheless, I'm asking you to stretch and to give tzedakah. So to help understand where the al rebbe is coming from and how he could be demanding this. If it's Hasidim, he wrote a whole letter explaining to them the idea of giving tzedakah and stretching a giving tzedakah beyond limit. Even though you've given already, give again and give more. And So first he explains that Tzedakah, there's a limit. The Torah says a person should give 10% of your money you're obligated to give. Right? But beyond 10%, ideally a person should give 20% of his income you should give to Tzedakah. But there's a limit. 20%, not more. It says you shouldn't give more than 20%. Not only Tzedakah, all the mitzvot in the Torah. A person is obligated to fulfill a mitzvah but to what extent? Let's say it's expensive. How much do I have to spend to do a mitzvah? Do I have to bankrupt myself to do a mitzvah? Every last penny that I have? The answer is no. To fulfill a positive commandment, there's an upper limit. What's the upper limit? Till 20%. So if to buy a lul of an to fulfill the mitzvah, of a lulav of an you have to pay 20% of your income, you have to pay 20% of your income. So to tzedakah, there's a limit. 20%. As a matter of fact, you're not allowed to give. It says you shouldn't give more than 20%. You're not allowed to bankrupt yourself. The whole point of giving tzedakah is that you're in a position to help. You're a provider. You can help a person. If you're going to give away all your money, your heart is so generous. You're going to give away all your money, you're going to become a dependent. So it defeats the whole purpose. The whole purpose of tzedakah is I can help people. I'm in a position to help. If you yourself will become dependent, a warden of the the welfare, then what's the point? Then you haven't helped anyone. Not only you've become a burden on society, instead of you being in a position to help, now you've become a burden. So he explains in the letter that in general all the mitzvot have very precise limitations. How you have to fulfill the mitzvah exactly, with the very exacting measurements and precise measurements. Everything in the mitzvah, there's rules, there's laws, there's limits. And that's how the Torah was given. That's why it says the Torah is given with fire. Fire represents the left hand. Torah essentially is kindness. Kindness represents a revelation. Mitzvot and Torah are godly revelation. But they come packaged in a vessel with with fire, with limitations, laws, rules, precise, precision, not just infinite light, because we cannot handle infinite light. The whole point of the Torah was we should be able to receive this infinite light. We're able to handle it, to absorb it, to receive it. We are limited and finite beings. So the Torah, Hashem concentrated this infinite light and packaged it in a way that we can handle. That's why all the mitzvot are very precise. That's what we left off last week. Now the al is going to say, yes, this is one level of kindness. Through this we receive a limited level of kindness, a limited revelation. So he says this whole system of Torah, mitzvah, where the mitzvah are very precise and there's rules and there's laws and there's limits and boundaries, it's only for someone who never got ill in his life, who never, who never missed a mitzvah, never missed a beat. But a person who missed a mitzvah did not perform a mitzvah, did not perform his duty. So he is lacking in the mitzvah. And you can never make up that mitzvah. If you don't do a mitzvah, even teshuva doesn't help. If I sin, I did something wrong, I can fix it. Like I broke, I broke something, I can fix it. If you don't do a mitzvah, it's not that you broke, I didn't break anything, I didn't do anything wrong, I just didn't do what I had to do. Yes, but, but that, that you didn't do, that you can't fix. I missed the train. You can cry from today till tomorrow and you can fast in Yom Kippur and you can you can undergo pain and suffering and you can't atone. I missed the train. You missed the train. There's nothing you can do. You can't take it back. If I if I omit to do a positive commandment, that's it. I lost that opportunity. There's a hole. So there's a hole in the universe. So the universe is missing a channel. Hashem cannot channel His divine love and kindness and energy and divine godliness. It's missing a mitzvah. And there's nothing I could do to make it up. That opportunity is lost for me forever. So for example, a person did not read the Shema one day. I can cry and I can make a firm resolve from now on the rest of my life I'm never ever going to miss. But that day, you missed the Shema. One Friday, I forgot to light the candles. There's nothing you can do to make up. If I omit the mitzvah, there's nothing you can do to make it up. So a, a piece of the universe is missing. So, what do you, so that's why it says, truva does not help. And that's what the Alter page 175, and that's what the Alter is going to say that every rule has the exception. Every rule has the exception, including this rule. When you say that you can't make it up, for example, it says that tshuva cannot help if you omit to do a mitzvah. You can have a firm resolve, the rest of my life I'm going to read the shema, but you're just fulfilling the obligation you have for the next day. But the shema that you missed is gone forever. So a chunk of the universe is missing. That channel for that divine energy, that divine blessing is missing. So tshuva doesn't help. But nevertheless, it's explained that a regular tshuva, an ordinary tshuva doesn't help. But of course, every rule has an exception. There's something an extraordinary tshuva that doesn't. So too, when you say that if you've missed Torah, mitzvah, there's nothing you can do to fix it. That if you're Living in the framework of this world which is limited. So within the limited framework of this world, there's nothing I can do to fix it. Unless you tap in and you draw down Hashem's truly infinite self. When you draw down Hashem's infinite self, then all bets are off. Then you can fulfill, fill up that hole. You can make up. You can make amends. You can even fulfill that mitzvah that was missing. That light that was missing. You can also draw down that light. By doing that mitzvah? No. But like he's explaining. By doing, the point he's going to make is by doing a mitzvah in an infinite way. And in this case, and he's particularly speaking about by giving tzedakah without any limitations. If a person gives tzedakah without any limits, then you can make up even for those mitzvot that we were lacking that we did not fulfill which on the surface it appears to be too late there's nothing I can do to fix it but when you give to duck in an infinite way beyond any limitation then you draw down God's kindness God's light which is infinite You're tapping into Hashem's infinite self and therefore you can fill all the gaps, you can fill all the holes, all the voids, everything that's missing. It's like when the water is very, there's there's no water. You didn't draw down the water. So what do you do? There's no rain. I missed the rain. The rain is not coming. There's no rain. The water is low. But if you dig very deep, then you draw, you tap into that, Wellspring water. Today they just discovered, they just announced it a few, just a week ago, two weeks ago, they discovered there's more water in the core of the earth than all of the oceans put together. The whole core of the earth is one giant water. And all the water that we get, the wellspring, really ultimately comes from that water. It's a major discovery that they just realized. So when you're tapping, when you dig deep and you tap into that reservoir, that infinite reservoir of Hashem's infinite light and infinite love and infinite kindness, infinite illumination, that has the ability to fill up all the void and the water could rise and anything that you were lacking, any mitzvah that you were lacking, now everything is in its right place, everything is is there. So that's the point that he's going to make. When does the Torah... When is the Torah packaged in a limited way? And, it's, and you can follow the Torah, follow the rules and the laws and fulfill everything in a very limited precise way. That's only speaking to a person who has never violated the Torah. A person who grew up in the straight and the narrow always followed the Torah. And the Torah is a perfect system. You follow the Torah, you create all the necessary channels in the universe for Hashem's divine flow, for the divine blessings to flow. But if a person, if a person missed the mitzvah, then it's like a person who's ill. A person who's ill has to go much deeper. A person who's healthy, you eat healthy food and you'll stay healthy. But a person who's ill, food is not going to cure. You need a powerful medicine to tap into this powerful energy that's going to jumpstart and wake you up and, and, and return you to health. Like Maimonides. Maimonides gives a program. He says, if you follow my program, you'll never be sick a day in your life. There's a Jew in Jerusalem who claims that he follows Maimonides' program and he lived till, till 100. Um, it's a very interesting program. Um, many people into health today will recognize many aspects of the program. It's light years ahead of Of his times, but after giving a very precise program what to eat and how much to eat and fruits and vegetables, what not to eat, what to stay away from, what to be moderate, and winter and summer, this is all in 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 the halacha that Amman brings us down in halacha. Because there is halacha that a Jew has to be healthy, part of one of the six hundred and thirteen mitzvot, you have to take care of yourself, take care of your body, you have to be healthy. We have a responsibility. We don't own our bodies. We have to take care of it. We're the guardians belongs to Hashem. And then he gives a whole prescription, a whole prescribed diet. And then he concludes that this diet, and I guarantee he says, if you follow this diet, you're gonna be good. But then he says this diet is only for someone who always follows this diet. <laughs> the moment you stop following this diet, I'm not guaranteeing anything. All bets are off. Back
0: like to wine and chocolate. <laughs>
1: pizza, french fries. But, but he says, he says, then you need help, then you need, then you need medicine to get you back to health. But he says, let's say you don't have a good doctor, you don't have anyone to talk to. He says, it won't hurt you to follow my path because you still need medicine to get you back to your full health, but if you follow the path, no matter how sick you are, it's, it's good. It's, it's going to lead you in a good way. It's a good path to follow. But if a person is lacking, then you need something stronger. Then you need something more powerful. So it's like teshuvah. When do we say that teshuvah doesn't help ordinary teshuvah? But if a person has a very powerful teshuvah, an earth shattering teshuvah, one in a million type of teshuvah that completely shakes you up, then anything can happen. And even someone who's lacking all his life, you can draw down all the energy. All the divine energy. Because what happens is every time you do a mitzvah you draw down a divine light into this world. So if you're missing one single mitzvah, that light has not been drawn down. I can cry, I can fast, I can whatever I go through, that light is missing. I miss the train. It's gone. But through by following what Al Alter Rebbe is going to write now, he's going to show us how we could, even under those circumstances, we can still draw down that light. It's never too late. There's always a way. You can find a way to draw down that light. And the way to draw down that light is by... That, that, that's what he's going to explain now.
0: However, this limitation on charity applies only to one who observes the Torah and does not depart from it to the right or left, even as much as a hair's breadth. But as to him who has strayed from the path, heaven forfend, inasmuch as he has distorted his course, thus diminishing the supreme holiness, the Jew draws (coughs) down sanctity from the supreme holiness through his performance of the commandments, as we say in the blessing recited before their performance, who has sanctified us with his commandments. Performing the mitzvah, he elicits a downflow of supreme holiness, whereas non-performance depletes it. That is, he has diminished his value as regards to the efflux he could have elicited from Hashem's divinity and the radiation he could have elicited from the infinite Ein Sof light had he observed the Torah and fulfilled it as required. Such distortion cannot be rectified except by an efflux of the supreme light that transcends the world without being vested in them. This is what is called chesed ilah, superior kindness, and rab chesed, abundant kindness.
1: So that's what he said earlier, there's two levels of kindness. There is chesed Ailam, a kindness which is called the kindness of this world. A kindness which Hashem fits into the world, which He concentrates into the world concentrates in a limited way so that we should be able to absorb the kindness. And then there's an infinite kindness. A light which is infinite, which transcends the whole frame of reference of this world. So in order to fix this whole, in order to make up for this void, the only thing that can fill this void is this powerful light, this infinite light that completely transcends the whole frame of reference of our universe. It's infinite. Hashem's light. And that's what he calls Rav Chesed, abundance of kindness. Chesed, Ayolam, is a kindness that's of this world. It's a godly kindness. But it's a godly kindness the way Hashem in a very, eases into the world in a gentle way, in 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 a way that we can handle and absorb. But now we need this powerful kindness. Hashem's infinite kindness a light that can make up for this void and fill this void. Because it radiates and diffuses infinitely, without limit and measure,
2: since it is not contracted within the worlds, but encompasses them from above in equal measure, from the peak of all rungs to the end of all rungs. Now, when man draws it downward by means of his deeds and by an arousal from below, the supreme
1: light then radiates and extends within the world, rectifying all distortions and deficiencies caused in the Kodesh HaElyon. So how do we draw down this infinite light? God is interactive. God responds to us. We have to do something in our life that's infinite. Relative to ourselves. And we find, in the Talmud, we find there is a type of teshuva which is so rare. Not your typical baltruva. The Talmud tells us, Rabbi Lazar ben Durdaya, Rabbi Lazar the son of Durdaya, was like the biggest sinner, the biggest playboy, the biggest sinner. So once he, he was really enjoying life to the utmost. And once this, prostitute who's one of the nicest best ones in the world you know she said something to him, remarked something to him and he took it to heart and he started he wanted to do teshuva and it says he put his head between his legs and he cried and cried until his soul expired it was such an earth shattering type of teshuva that his soul simply expired And Rebbe, the author of the Mishnah, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, he cried after this episode. He said there is a person who can buy, acquire the world to come in one moment. Here he spent his whole life sinning. And in one moment, one genuine moment, such a soul-stirring teshuva, he completely transformed his life. But he was able to make up with his one moment of teshuva, since it was so deep and so profound, he was able to make up for an empty life. His whole life was empty. He didn't fulfill any of the mitzvot. It's not only that he sinned. He sinned. He violated his 365 prohibitions. But how about all the 248 mitzvot that he did not fulfill? His whole life he was, he was busy having fun. He neglected. He didn't do the Torah and the mitzvah. But because of his earth-shattering teshuva, he was able to draw down all that light, all that intense light. And that's what Rebbe cried. How is it possible in one moment, a person could accomplish in one moment what takes us an entire lifetime? It takes us an entire lifetime, day by day, slowly but surely, bringing down another mitzvah, doing another mitzvah, bringing down another small measure of holiness and godliness into this world and purity. And here, this Jew, Rabbi Zubb and one moment, draw down 70 years of light, all this light in one moment. So this is the, when it says that truva cannot help, does not help to, to fix something that's lost. Truva can only help to, to fix something that's broken. But if you miss the opportunity to do a mitzvah, truva cannot make up for it. That's talking about an ordinary Shuvah. But if it's a type of truva like Abelazah, the son of Derdaya, that type of Shuvah, since it taps into Hashem's infinite self, because the Jew is tapping into his infinite self. He's, he's, he's reaching such a level that until his soul literally expired, he was so stirred, he was so shaken up, he was so moved. We go through our entire life and we're never inspired like that. We're never moved like that. We're never shaken up like that. To our core in essence. But he, in one moment in his life, He tasted something that most people never taste in their whole lifetime. He lived life on such a deep level. He experienced his soul on such a real level until it shattered his whole reality and it shook him up to his core in essence till he literally expired. When a Jew reaches so deep inside of himself, God is interactive. It evokes a response from Hashem. Hashem. The light that you draw down, that you evoke, is also this infinite intense light. It makes up for, for the void and fills that void with all the light that was missing from all the Torah mitzvot that he didn't. But the question is asked how did Rabbi Lazar Ben go to the Garden of Eden? To go to enter into the Garden of Eden. You need the mitzvah. So, yes, he drew down all that light, but if you don't have the mitzvah, you don't have the vessels to receive it because the mitzvah is like, uh, it's like sunglasses. In order to receive Hashem's infinite light, the mitzvah, like we learned earlier, enables you to be able to bask in that light, to receive the light. The soul can enjoy and benefit from that light. But Allah Zabon was naked. He had no mitzvah. He had no good deeds. He spent his whole life. He was a playboy. He had no, he had no, no good deeds. So, yes, he did a tshuva, and yes, he drew down that infinite light, and he, but he had, he had no garments. To receive that light in the Gardening. So it says that he received the mitzvot from Rabbi Yochanan the high priest. Rabbi Yochanan the high priest was a high priest for 80 years. And then he became a heretic. So he lost the share in the world to come. So what happened with all the mitzvot that he's done? He was a high priest for 80 years. He was a tzaddik for 80 years. What happened to all the mitzvot that he's done? So the mitzvah that he has done was switched, ben the Daya. so he got all those mitzvahs, and therefore he was able to move on into the Garden of Eden and be able to receive and enjoy and benefit from that light that he drew down in that moment, in that genuine moment of his teshuva. So Hashem responds in kind. So when a person serves Hashem in an ordinary way, Even if you're inspired, but still, it's not earth-shattering. It's an inspiration, but you're not changing, you're not shifting, you're not dramatically transforming yourself. It's, you know, I believe in Hashem, and I'm progressing, and I'm growing, and I'm learning, and I'm open to change. But everything, step by step, everything in in an orderly progression. Well, if you operate in that dimension, if you operate in an orderly progression, Hashem responds in kind. The light that you draw down is also orderly. Something that can be handled, absorbed in an orderly fashion. Nothing earth-shattering, nothing overwhelming. But here a person needs something overwhelming. There's a void in his life. You miss the mitzvot. The ordinary is not going to get you there. It's not going to do the job. You need something, something powerful to fill that void. The only way to fill that void, to arouse and to evoke the powerful abundance of Hashem's love and abundance of Hashem's kindness and abundance of Hashem's infinite light, the light that transcends the world and the universe and transcends the whole frame of reference of the universe, you have to do something dramatic and earth-shattering in your life. And the only way to do this is with a powerful teshuva, a tshuva that causes you to take a leap forward, Not step by step, but to take a radical leap forward. How many people make radical leaps in their life? We're happy if we make a a slight change in our life, (laughs) a wrinkle in our life. We lift up a pinky, it's already dramatic for most of us. To make any change in our life is difficult especially the older you get, the more set you are in your ways, the more comfortable you are, the more jaded, complacent. How many people are ready to make a change in their life? Even a baby step forward. A positive change in their life. The more we change, the more we stay the same. It's very difficult. Especially to take a radical change. Abel was the to die at the end of his life. He wasn't the youngest. At the end of his life, he made this radical change. And he cried till he died. So if you want to, Hashem responds in kind. You want to touch, if you can you want to touch Hashem, you want to move Hashem, so to speak, stir up, tap into Hashem's infinite self. Something has to stir up inside of us. Something has to shift and change inside of us. Something dramatic. We have to be ready to make a radical leap forward. that's the prescription. That can do the trick. That will draw down Hashem's infinite light that can fill the void. Whatever was lacking, it can more than make up for it. And plus. So he's saying, ordinary times call for ordinary measures. But if you're extraordinary times and extraordinary circumstances, call for extraordinary steps. A Jew who's not following the Torah and the mitzvot or, or, or... was slack, slacked off in following a Torah mitzvah. He's in an extraordinary situation. If you're in an extraordinary situation, it calls for extraordinary measures. To draw down Hashem's infinite kindness, you have to do something extraordinary. The Torah doesn't demand it of you. You're right. The Torah demands rules, laws, precision, limits, boundaries. For example, Tzedakah, don't give more than 20%. You're not allowed to give more than 20%. You have, to, you have to act in a limited way. So the Torah doesn't demand extraordinary. The Torah demands everything should be very limited and precise. But that's only if you're following the Torah. Once we stop following the Torah, that's an extraordinary situation. Extraordinary circumstances call for something extraordinary. Then it's not enough to follow the Torah in a limited way, then you have to do something extraordinary. Which the Altar will explain, and he's referring to here, you have to give tzedakah in an extraordinary way. Give beyond limit. Give beyond 20%. Give and continue to give. And give even more. And then give again. Without any limitation. Because we are in extraordinary circumstances. And today, because we're in the exile, and because we are the spiritual midgets of all the generations, and we all know, we all know our limitations. Today, more than ever, we need those extraordinary steps. We have to be ready to do something out of the box. Something Kiwan Hashem. To step out of the box so to speak and he should evoke Hashem's infinite light we have to step out of our own box, we have to do something that's, that's real it's very powerful it's very meaningful that hits home of course nothing, there's nothing like money that hits home So the person is ready to give tzedakah and give generously and give beyond generously 20% is generous 10% is obligatory. No one is doing anyone any favors. It's obligation. The money doesn't belong to us. If we don't give the money, we're stealing. God get entrusted us that money. He says, 10% is my share. I'm your partner. That you have to give. You're not doing anyone any favors. 20% that's generous. You're going beyond the letter of the law. But here, you have to go even beyond generous. You have to just be ready to do something powerful. You have to go out of the box. Extraordinary something very real, something that hits home, that touches you, affects you very deeply, a radical leap forward. And that will evoke from within Hashem a, a like response. Like Hashem will respond likewise. Hashem will leap out of His box, so to speak, and will be able to draw down this infinite light that will make up for any of the mitzvah that we were lack.
2: And renewing their light and goodness with an intense elevation on the level of a truly new light,
1: an act of penitence does not merely uncover a pre-existing light, but calls forth a new and infinite light which is loftier than all the worlds. The existing light, it's lost. There's nothing I can do to fill the void. It's lost. So I have to tap into something totally new, to a new channel. I have to open up a new channel. I have to open up something new. So in order to do something new, A person has to open up a new channel in his soul. He has to do something new in his soul. Something very deep and very new. So this is through teshuvah, Because teshuvah, an act of penitence, accomplishes something new. A person who's following Torah, mitzvot, is not doing anything new. Because deep down every Jew is born with a natural love to God. So all we're doing by following the Torah of Mitzvot is just revealing the innate, inherent, natural love that we all have. I don't have, to, I don't have to create anything new. All I have to do is just reveal what's there. Bring it out into the open. Into the conscious level. But someone who sinned, he's disconnected. He doesn't sense Godliness. He doesn't experience Godliness. He doesn't respond to Godliness. He's disconnected. He's coarse, crass, materialistic. So for someone who has sinned to reconnect, he has to recreate himself. He has to create something new. So the baltruva has to do something extraordinary. The act of teshuva is an act, an extraordinary act. It's transforming a sinner that's disconnected and reconnecting him back to Godliness. That's something new. Al-Tarabi once compares this in, in his Likuti Tejah, he compares it to when a person sins, it's the equivalent of his chop, chopping off your head. Even science hasn't yet figured out how you can reattach your head. Today they can reattach hands, they can reattach fingers. If they catch it quickly, you can reattach, you can transplant a heart. They can't transplant the head. (laughs) Once the head is chopped off, it's all over. When you sin, you've chopped off your head. It's all over. Logically and rationally, it should be all over, finished. You disconnected. There's nothing you can do. Teshuvah is miraculous. It's something new, it's a novelty. It's literally the ability of taking the head and putting it back. This, it would be the physical equivalent of reattaching the head. Of course, physically we can't do it, spiritually we can do it. Through Teshuvah, we can reattach, we can reconnect. So it's a novelty. It's not something you're just revealing a potential that is there. No. You're disconnected. You're gone. You're you're creating something new. Teshuvah has that power to create something new. A resurrection. Open up a new channel. A new channel for life that wasn't there before. So he says in order to fill the void... I'm lacking the Torah and Mitzvah. I haven't done the Torah. There's nothing I can do to fill that void. Only through Teshuvah. Because Teshuvah is something novel. So it opens up a new path. And within Teshuvah, it has to be a very powerful Teshuvah, not a regular Teshuvah. That creates a new path. That evokes from Hashem a new light. A light that doesn't exist in this world. When we study Torah and do Mitzvah, Ordinarily, when we started Torah Mitzvah, we're drawing down a light that's a limited light, a light that fits into this world. But if you were lacking in the Torah Mitzvah, now I need something new. I need a new powerful light. The only way, that the only thing you can draw down this powerful light is through Teshuvah. If I I experience a soul-stirring experience, something that, Almost like I become a new person inside. Something shakes me up inside, something stirs inside of me, something shifts inside of me. And I make a radical leap forward. This can evoke this powerful light, this new light, new channel.
0: This is why the sages taught that in the place, I live, at the level where penitents stand, even the perfectly righteous do not stand.
1: This is the quote from the Talmud. My Maimonides words it a little differently. Continue.
0: The Rebbe Shita notes that its various sources, that is paraphrased as follows. In the place where penitents stand, even the truly righteous cannot stand. I.e., the level at which penitents stand steadfastly cannot even be attained by the truly righteous, for the divine radiance draws down to repentance utterly superior quality.
1: So he says, the Talmud says that the righteous one who grew up in the straight and the narrow and all his life followed the Torah and mitzvot cannot stand in the same level of the Baal Tshuva. Like we find on Yom Kippur, which once a year the holiest Jew could enter into the holiest spot on the holiest day of the year. The Holy of Holies is off limits. Because Yom Kippur it represents Teshuvah. Yom Kippur is the day of Teshuvah. So Teshuvah propels us forward. We can enter into the innermost chamber which is closed off, all year round it's closed off. The righteous person cannot enter. It's with the power of the shuvah we can enter into the innermost chamber. But the Maimonides' words are differently. Maimonides says the level of the balshuvah, the complete tzaddik, the highest level of a tzaddik, cannot possibly stand. It's not even, it's not even within the realm of possibility. It's not only that Practically, he's not standing in the same place. He cannot. There's no way. There's nothing he can do. He can't. That even gives him the possibility, doesn't even have the possibility to stand in the same level. Because it's only the baltruva who has this intense experience which shakes him up and is novel. He can draw down a level of godliness, a level of light, which the tzaddik through his Torah and his Mitzvot can never, possibly, even come close to drawing down such a high level of godliness, such a high level of holiness, such a high level of of, of light, because the light that he draws down is limited, because he's following the Torah and the Mitzvot, and the Torah and Mitzvot are limited. Not that the Torah and Mitzvot were given to us in a very in rules and laws in a very finite, precise way so that the light that we draw down is also the light that, that he calls Chesed olam, a light that fits the world that's concentrated within the framework of the world so when you do a mitzvah you draw down a godly light but the light is limited concentrated the baltruva however draws down a new light a light that's not part of this world an otherworldly light a light that transcends this world that's truly infinite and by tapping in and drawing down the superior light this this intense level of holiness and godliness that light makes up for any void for any lack for any mitzvah that we may have failed to do and accomplish and like Daya, a whole lifetime of failed opportunities and lost mitzvah he made up in that one moment because of that powerful new experience that he experienced he drew down this infinite intense light, intense level of holiness and godliness. Now the essence of penitence is in the heart. For through regret from the depth of the heart one arouses the corresponding depth, i.e. the ultimate degree of this supreme light, i.e. a man's earnest penitence calls forth the above described superior spiritual light which rectifies whatever he had been lacking in its fulfillment of the Torah and its misplaced. So he says it's true. How do we draw down this infinite light? How do we tap into this new channel, this new level of holiness and godliness? That comes from the heart. That depends on us. Through the teshuva, through the penitence, through the tshuva, through this soul-stirring, deep, profound, earth-shattering movement in our heart, in our soul, we draw down Hashem's infinite light. But this infinite light is beyond our world. Now that we've tapped into this infinite light and we've drawn down this infinite light, how do we bring this infinite light into our physical world, which is so narrow and limited? This infinite light is a transcendent light, so the light could remain transcendent. Maybe we don't feel this light. We can't feel this light. We can't experience this light. We can't benefit from this light. We drew down this infinite light. So the universe, formerly the universe was lacking, now the universe is no longer lacking. This infinite light made up for any loss of mitzvah. But how do we draw down this light into this world? That we should be able to benefit from the light, experience the light, see the effects of that light that we've drawn down. So that we need another step. It's the teshuvah is what draws down this light, is what evokes this light. Now we got to draw down this light into our world, our physical material (coughs) world. That needs another step. And that's what he's going to explain now. What's that step that draws down this light? Again, God is interacting. God responds to us. What can we possibly do that can draw down this infinite light into this physical material world? We should see the impact in this physical world. That's by giving tzedakah. By giving tzedakah. But giving tzedakah in an infinite way. Beyond limits. Beyond generosity. Beyond 10 or 20%. Giving and giving again. And giving. Beyond any calculation. and This is what draws down the light. This is the vessel, the vehicle. That draws down this infinite light. This, that could receive this infinite light. And can draw it down into our world. So Teshuvah is in the heart. Some soul stirring in your heart. So it affects Hashem. Hashem is moved. And Hashem is affected. But we don't sense that in this world, in the physical world. We don't sense what's going on in the inside. So Teshuvah is on the inside of the heart. And it evokes a response from Hashem on the inside. And the inside is this intense, brilliant light that the world has never seen before. But it, it all remains hidden and concealed. We can't sense it, we can't benefit from it, we don't experience it, and we don't see the practical benefits of this infinite light. We can't contain it. So there we need something external, we need to do something, we need to do an activity, an action, that will draw down this light into our world of action, into the physical world. What type of action could draw down such an infinite line? Again, a radical leap, an infinite type of action, an action where we go out of our box, we go beyond our limitations, we do something radical, we do something extraordinary, which is giving tzedakah in the most extraordinary way, way beyond, not only beyond the call of duty, way beyond any calculation, limitation, because as long as you're operating in the calculated way, then you could only draw down the light in, in a very limited way. You could only draw down the limited light. You want to draw down an infinite light, you have to go beyond calculation. You have to be ready to do something radical. And if you open yourself up, and you physically do something radical in your life, and give tzedakah, and money hits home, means you're really making a change in your life, and you're really taking Hashem seriously, then that will be the vessel and the vehicle to receive Hashem's infinite light. And you'll see the blessings. You'll see the impact of Hashem's infinite light. When there's infinite light, there's infinite blessings. So if you approach Hashem in a limited way, Hashem's blessings will also be limited. God is interacting. If you approach Hashem in an infinite way, beyond your own limitations and beyond your own calculations, then you'll be able to absorb and receive Hashem's infinite light and you'll see the effect that Hashem's blessings in your life will also be not commensurate, beyond your, your own expectations.
2: But in order to call forth this light, so that we we'll may it in the higher and lower worlds, must be an actual arousal from below in the form of action. So this the practice of charity comes not living by that.
1: So he's going to say that just like when you do an act of kindness, so you are giving to someone who is not deserving. That's the definition of tzedakah. If I'm giving someone who's deserving, that's not tzedakah. That, in a way, he's earned it. It's expected. Tzedakah is an act of gratuitous kindness. So when you give someone, even though he's not deserving, your effect is that Hashem will give us, even though we're not deserving. Because in relation to Hashem's infinite light, we're all undeserving. We're not deserving to receive His infinite light. We're not even capable of receiving this infinite light. We're limited and finite. So in comparison to Hashem, we're all paupers. We don't even have the vehicles to receive anything that's infinite. So we're completely, we're paupers. There's nothing we can do to deserve this infinite light. We're finite. Hashem illuminating us with His infinite light, it's an act of tzedakah. It's a pure act of gratuitous kindness from God's part. That He's giving us His infinite light, which we don't deserve, we haven't earned. And yet He's giving it to us anyway. Why would God do that to us? Why would God give us tzedakah? Write us a check. Give it to us for free. We haven't earned it. We don't deserve it. We're not even capable of it. Why would He... It's a pure act of kindness. A pure act of tzedakah. Because we are doing tzedakah to others. When we give to another person, when he doesn't deserve it, and he surely doesn't deserve that I should go beyond my 20%, that's my hard-earned money. But the Torah itself says that I don't have to give and I shouldn't give more than 20%. So you want me to give from my hard-earned money to this person who's undeserving? But if we put all our calculations on the side and we give anyway and we give in abundance and we give in an infinite way then Hashem will react in kind. God will give us will do with us an act of tzedakah. What's God's act of tzedakah? He will give us His infinite light. Pure act of kindness. Undeserving. And yet He does it because He does it because we are acting that way with others. The way we treat others, that's how God treats us. Smile, God will smile to you. Be kind to another person, God will be kind to you. The way we treat others is exactly the way God treats us. If we're very calculated and very limited and very precise and very rule-bound, God will treat us the same way. Okay? Let's calculate. Everything is rules and laws. Do you deserve? Don't you deserve? How much you have to get, everything has to be precise, not a penny more. You have to, everything has to be calculated. But if you want Hashem to give us an abundance and to give us in an infinite way and whether we deserve or not, if we give others, and we treat others, and we give them without calculation and we help and we're there for them, and we, then Hashem will give us in kind and bless us in kind. And that's what we want. We want Hashem's sedaka. We need Hashem's tzedakah. Desperately. We need Hashem's kindness. We need Hashem's light. When there's so much darkness. And there's so many voids. And such a lack. The halakha, six million. Such a void. A third of the Jewish people. All that Torah, mitzvot, all that holiness and purity, and godliness that was ripped away from us. We desperately need Hashem Tzedakah. We need that extraordinary, powerful, intense level of godliness, of holiness, to fill that void. So we need something powerful, you need something extraordinary. We have to do something powerful. We have, our tzedakah has to be powerful. A limited tzedakah won't do it today. Today we need something intense, something very deep. It touches us very deep. We take money, the ultimate ego symbol, and we're able to give tzedakah beyond any limitations and give and pour and give more and continue to give. And As al tarebi is writing to his Hasidim, you've already given, I've already exhausted you, and yet I'm asking you to reach deeper and to give again. Because there was a deficit, a huge deficit, there was a lack and you desperately needed... That money, so he says, I'm reaching to I'm asking you to reach very deep inside of your pockets. I know how poor you are and I know how desperate your lives are. This is Eastern Europe, 18th century. And yet I'm asking you to stretch beyond your limits. Because in today's day and age, in such a darkness, when we're in exile and in such a darkness, we need Hashem's light, we need Hashem's kindness, we need Hashem's love, we need Hashem's intense level of holiness which we can't play by the rules anymore we can't just follow we have to do something radical give tzedakah beyond any limitation and then Hashem will bless us with His infinite light which is a pure act of tzedakah because there's nothing we can do to deserve such a light we're finite with our best intentions with our highest level of service with all the Torah and mitzvah that we do we can follow all the rules and laws It's finite. There's nothing we can do to evoke this powerful, intense, infinite light of Hashem. So if Hashem gives us this light and reveals to us this light and draws down this light into the physical world, it's a pure act of tzedakah. He's giving it to paupers. So if we treat paupers properly, those who are in need, and we give, and give generously and without any calculation. And when you're helping them giving tzedakah, you're giving something tangible. It's not just abstract. You're giving them money, you're giving them something real. So then Hashem and mankind will also draw down His infinite light in a very concrete way with infinite blessings that will materialize in the physical world.
2: For just as a man dispenses rab chesed in infinite abundance of kindness, meaning
1: The first two letters of the word chesed and meaning he pity. So it's like two words. Chesed is chas. I have mercy on. I take pity on. Dalid is dalis. A person who's impoverished. A pauper. Has nothing. Dal. There's ani. In Hebrew there's ani and there's dal. Ani is a poor person but he has something. Dal is a pauper. Has nothing. Not a penny. Homeless, shelterless, has nothing. Doesn't have a penny to his name. It's 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 within poor. It's poor. The pauper, the lowest level of poor. So chesed, true chesed is when, chas, when you have mercy on Dao, on the person who has nothing and doesn't deserve anything. Because again, if he deserves it, it's not the ultimate tzedakah. Then he deserves it in a certain sense. He owned it. He earned it. He can expect it. Da'al is a pauper who can't expect anything. And yet you have Rachmanis in him, you have mercy in him, and you hope.
2: And the last letter when spelled out meaning in Aramaic, him who has Nath. Implifying that he dispenses his kindness to the utterly destitute individual who does not have Dalek, Lay, anything of his own. Without setting a limit or measure to his giving and diffusion. So too, the Holy One, blessed to me, diffuses his light and benign influence in the spirit of the superior Chesed, known as Rav Chesed, that radiates infinitely, without limit or measure, within the upper and lower
1: Every time you do a mitzvah, and you can't miss out on a single mitzvah, if you miss out one morning of reading the Shema, that's lost forever. We need every single mitzvah because every single mitzvah draws down another level of godly light into this world. So, through the mitzvah, we draw down godliness into this world if you're missing a mitzvah. So, that light is not here in this world. So, yes, a person did teshuvah, and if he does teshuvah, he's soul is stirred and he stirs up and evokes an infinite response from Hashem but this response is only in the upper realms in the higher realms or beyond all the worlds the light that was supposed to be drawn down in this world is lacking how do I draw down God's infinite light into this world so we can make up for the void make up for all the mitzvot that we missed out in our life all that holiness that we did not bring into this world So the only way is through tzedakah. It's when you give tzedakah, when you help a pauper, and you give in abundance, and you give without any calculations, in an infinite way, without any limit. Thereby, you evoke a similar response from Hashem. That Hashem will draw down His infinite light to us, into the world. Because the truth is, in comparison to Hashem, we're all paupers. We're absolutely insignificant. We're absolutely nothing. Everything that we do, we're limited. We're finite. So no matter what we do, a million, a zillion, there's not one iota closer to infinity than one. There's nothing we can do to get closer to the infinite. Hashem is so beyond us. Hashem is so infinite, so transcendent, that even the most righteous person, the greatest person, is still limited. So, in comparison to Hashem we're all paupers we have nothing we are nothing we have nothing so for Hashem to give us His benevolence to give us His kindness to give us His light His infinite light it's an act of tzedakah it's a pure act of Tadak. chesed what's chesed? it's an act of mercy that Hashem has on, on the pauper, on Dallas on the dal on the pauper who has nothing So in order for Hashem to radiate, to bring down, to draw down His infinite light into the worlds, that it should be able to fill the holiness that was lacking in the world, for that, Hashem, we have to give tzedakah in that same way. Measure for measure. We have to give tzedakah beyond any measure.
2: Inasmuch as they have nothing at all of their own, and all before Him are considered as nothing. Since all of creation is of no account in the eyes of God, anything received from his hand is not deserved, but a gratuitous gift, as indeed is the very fact that mortals are able to draw down divine life. And at, and at any rate, boundless tzedakah and kindness draw down the degree of divine radiance that transcends all worlds. All the blemishes that a man caused above in the upper and the lower world through his sins are thereby rectified. Thus, the measured performance of tzedakah and chesed draws down chesed olam, which is world-like, hence a, a finite degree of divine benevolence while the boundless performance of tzedakah and chesed drawn down rab chesed an infinite degree of divine
1: measured performance of mitzvot work well for a person who's living in a perfect world person who's perfect the world is perfect in a sane, rational orderly world. But when a person is living in a world which is insane and irrational, our world, and the person himself is not living a sane, rational life because he sinned. He's not living. He's imperfect. And he's living in an imperfect world. In such such circumstances, a person needs extraordinary measures. We can't just perform mitzvot and tzedakah in an orderly, orderly way. We have to do tzedakah, perform the mitzvot tzedakah without any limitation, without any calculation, way beyond our 20%. So he's basically saying that in our day and age, these limits do not apply. All these limitations that you should not spend more than 20% on giving tzedakah, you're not allowed to spend more than 20%. He says, today it's a must. Today we must spend more than 20%. Because of our circumstances. We're so imperfect. And the world is so imperfect. And the only way to draw down wholesomeness, perfection, godliness, holiness, is only if we will give tzedakah beyond any limitation. That will draw down the infinite light that can make up this intense holiness that can make up for any lack, for any void. Like a person who's ill. A person who's ill, in order to evoke health within the person, you have to, you need powerful measures. Just eating is not going to do it. You need powerful medicine. You need to tap into very strong, you need a strong response. So when a person is healthy, then it's enough. Eat healthy and follow the path and you'll be okay. But when a person is ill, you need something very powerful to get you back on the right path. So too spiritually. When the world was healthy and people were healthy, spiritually healthy and wholesome, and the world was spiritually healthy and wholesome. People were perfect, the world was perfect. Then you can live very calculated, limited, follow the rules, not more, not less. But when a person is ill, And the world is ill, spiritually speaking. Today we need this intense, powerful light that will fill the darkness and and chase away the darkness and make up for all the lost light and all the lost energy and all the lost... And for that you have to give tzedakah an abundance without any calculation. And this will draw down God's blessing then in a way, we have an advantage. Because the fact that we're imperfect and we live in an imperfect world, because you have to tap into this infinite energy, this infinite light, you also draw down infinite blessings. So at the end of the day, it it works, works to our benefit. Of course, we all wish The world was perfect, we were perfect, we were sane, the world was sane. No one wishes on themselves to be sick. No one wishes on themselves to live in in sick circumstances. But we didn't wish it. It's a fact. We live under these these circumstances. We are in exile. We live in this darkness. We are affected by the darkness. We have our own inner darkness, our own inner exiles. All the mitzvah that we did not fulfill and all the Torah that we did not study and all the light that we did did not draw down but really, it's an opportunity. Because if we, if we do the right thing and we make that radical leap and have this intense stirring of the heart and give tzedakah in an infinite way, then we have the ability to draw down Hashem's infinite light, which the tzaddik doesn't have that ability and doesn't even have the possibility because he's operating in a a limited frame of reference, framework. But we are operating in an infinite framework. We have no choice. We have to. So we have to think out of the box. We have to act out of the box. We have to act in an extraordinary way, which draws down an extraordinary extraordinary level of holiness and godliness.
0: This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com.